Hey, when you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about those out-of-pocket costs. Now, that could be a lot of money, but are your medical bills accurate? Now, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills actually contain errors. Now, HealthLock can help. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, or fraud. Now, you can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. Now, to date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. Check them out online, healthlock.com. Go there today. Are you being influenced? Well, if you watched the blockbuster film in the last decade, well, then there's a chance it has been influenced by the Chinese Communist Party. Now, here's the reality. The CCP may be running the largest influence campaign in history. Now, in Hollywood Takeover, brought to you by the Epic Times, well, investigative reporter Tiffany Meyer reveals how the CCP exerts control over some major studios. Don't miss the most important documentary about Hollywood yet. And for a limited time, you can watch the first 10 minutes for free when you go to the website, hollywoodtakeover.com slash Sean, S-E-A-N. Pure Talk, my sponsor and my wireless company, of now providing international roaming to over 50 countries. Now, as you plan your summer travel, make sure that your wireless company covers you at home and abroad. Now, you can get unlimited talk and text, plenty of 5G data for just 20 bucks a month. That's less than half the price of Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile for the exact same service. Just go to puretalk.com slash Sean, S-E-A-N, make the switch today. Save an additional 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com slash Sean, S-E-A-N. Stay right here for our final news roundup and information overload. All right, News Roundup, Information Overload, our 800-941-SEAN. If you want to be a part of the program, uh, in a second, we'll talk to Ari Fleischer, former White House uh, press secretary to George W. Bush. He's got a new book coming out soon. It's called Suppression, Deception, Snobbery. I love the name of this book. And Bias and Why the Press Gets So Much Wrong uh, and Doesn't Care. And Just Doesn't Care. How, how true is that? Uh, anyway, first, let's start with Jen Psaki. And, and this now is the second time it was Biden himself the first time calling Fox News reporter who's done a phenomenal job, who's a great he's going to join us at the bottom of the hour. He's a, a great reporter, works incredibly hard. First, Joe Biden calls him a son of a bitch. Then Jen Psaki who's soon to work at MSDNC. And I'll have a long response to her tonight on Hannity. Um, calls him a son of a bitch again. We have to talk about Peter Ducey for one second. Sure. Okay. Okay. Is he a stupid son of a bitch, or does he play a stupid son of a bitch on TV? <laughs> okay. Um. Well. Um. He works for a, a network. Okay. That um, provides people with questions. That nothing personal to any individual, including Peter Ducey, but might make anyone sound like a stupid son of a bitch. <laughs> Works for a network where people give him questions uh, that one might conclude you're a stupid son of a bitch. All right, Ari Fleischer, suppression, deception, snobbery, and bias, and why the press gets so much wrong and just doesn't care. Ari Fleischer is back with us. How are you, sir? I'm doing great, Sean. Thanks for having me. Well, I got a lot to talk about tonight when it comes to Jen Psaki. I have a list of lies that she has told, and it is beyond extensive. 
She's given out false information. She's very combative. You know, it's basically sounds like the perfect MSDNC host to me. But anyway, what's your reaction to that? <laughs> well, you know, that clip you played, that, that captures a lot of what I write about in my book. I mean, you had deception, you had snobbery, you had bias, and you had them being wrong. I mean, the only thing they didn't do was suppress it because they liked it. Look, Sean, the problem here is if Donald Trump at a rally, when he railed against the press, called them out by name, used rude language, tough language, the press locked arms and went ballistic against Donald Trump, didn't they? How can you say these things? These are horrible things to say. You're, we're going to get death threats. And now they do the same thing. You heard the audience reaction. You heard the way the question was teed up to Jen. And then you hear Jen play along and call Peter Ducey that word. It is hypocritical, and that's what they are. And this is where Donald Trump paved the way, frankly. Trump showed the hypocrisy of the left. He had the courage to come along, let it rip, say it the way it was, because most Republicans just tuck their tails and they watch themselves get pounded by the press. And you that's know, what you, you saw. You're so right on that. And I, and I thought the media throughout the entire time Donald Trump was president, do I think they were as outraged as they were acting? No, they were not. And as long as it's a Democrat doing it, they, I, right. I said Joe Biden was in the, the Democratic presidential candidate uh, protection program during the campaign. And now he's in the presidential protection program. And, you know, but this is the same administration where Joe Biden had promised this. But I'm not joking when I say this. If you're ever working with me and I hear you treat another colleague with disrespect, talk down to someone, I promise you I will fire you on the spot on the spot no ifs ands or buts everybody everybody is entitled to be treated with decency and dignity no ifs ands or buts but i guess there's a big but here for him and for jen saki <laughs> yeah he'd have to fire himself good thing the american people are about to do that anyway that's, um, that's, that, yeah. that's pretty much a given i agree yeah, I mean, this this is why I wrote my book, Sean. As I watched the Trump years, I was just fed up with the way the press covered Donald Trump. There are issues I disagree with Donald Trump on, but I try to be fair. And I watched the press take it on themselves to say that they needed to save the republic from the existential threat that they declared Donald Trump to be. And so what did they do? They put their entire bodies on the scale, not a finger, their entire bodies. So much of the coverage of Donald Trump was deceptive. How many stories did they put on the air, especially CNN, that were false, misleading, deceptive? How many stories that could have benefited President Trump did they suppress, not tell? And then the contagion spread to big tech, where they absolutely crushed anybody who would tell stories or report news like the New York Post did about Joe Biden's lies uh, that were proven from Hunter Biden's laptop. It happens time and do you, do time you think again. Have, now, there was a poll that showed a pretty large percentage of people, had they known about the Hunter Biden laptop being true, would it not have voted for Biden? Would it have changed the uh, outcome of the election? I guess we could, you know, guess. I think well, it might have. What you're referring to is 15% of Biden voters so that if they only known that news, which showed that Joe Biden lied, they would have changed their vote. And that would have been the difference. So, you know, people like Molly Hemingway wrote a book called Rigged, and she made that one of the examples of how the media rigged the election to make sure Biden won it. 
And, Sean, it's true. The very way these media, these liberal media, these, these people who just exhibit snobbism, look down on half the country, happily look down on half the country, it's just another way of looking at us and saying we're deplorables because we don't watch CNN or read the New York Times and see the world the way they do. And so they look down on us. And they, in this case, went so far as to affect the election. We're deplorables, smelly Walmart shoppers, and uh, we're angry Americans that cling to our God, guns, Bibles, and religion. By the way, I'm guilty of everything all the way across the board. Let me. You mentioned CNN and their lies. Let me just play a montage of it, because this is what went on during the Trump years, as you're referring to. And by the way, you're, you just announced the, the name of your book, and it's going to be coming out uh, fairly soon. Uh, we're going to put a link if you want to get a first edition copy of it at Hannity.com. It's on Amazon.com. But listen to this cut of CNN fake news lies. Russian operatives claim to have compromising personal and financial information about Mr. Trump. We are looking at the possibility that the president of the United States and those around him during an election campaign colluded with a hostile foreign power to undermine the basis of our democracy. This is evidence of willingness to commit collusion. It does look like collusion. It does look like he's listening to Putin more than he is American intelligence. Yeah. I should also point out that no American president has ever accepted the nomination of his party from the White House. It was thought to be inappropriate, a violation perhaps even of the Hatch Act. I mean, all of that went on three years of never-ending lies. You know, right. only recently, because there's a grand jury that had been convened, did the Washington Post and New York Times finally a year and a half later acknowledge that the Hunter Biden laptop was true? Every indication, every bit of proof that has come out from Michael Horowitz and his report, there's been no evidence at all except just the opposite. And everything that Durham is now putting in his filings prove that they knew from the beginning there was never any Trump-Russia collusion. But for three years, they fed the American people what was nothing short of an uh, an organized conspiracy theory and lie and a hoax? Sean, you know, it's so much deeper than just politics. It, it's cultural, too. It's the way they tell their stories to benefit one side in, in, in our country. And it hasn't stopped. I mean, think about what just happened in Florida, where they passed the most reasonable law you could ever imagine to prohibit teachers from teaching kids in grades K through 3 about sexual orientation. And what does the press call it? Don't say gay. That's not what that law is. But they twist, they distort, they deceive the news to fit their liberal base. Look at how they suppress the information about the Waukesha massacre. This was a case where a, a criminal driving a car, a black guy, plowed through and killed people in a parade in Waukesha, Wisconsin. They covered it, and then they were one and done. Then they went silent on it. If it was a white guy who did that to black people, the press would be still be covering the story months later in a feeding frenzy. They do it up and down. And this, this is why, you know, my book sites, poll after poll, telling you, you what we all know in our gut, that American people don't trust the press. You know, Edelman, Edelman poll just came out in early 2022 that says 67% of the American people worry that journalists mislead their readers and viewers. That's more than they said business people or government leaders mislead the people. Journalism is at the bottom of the barrel when it comes to trust. And you just walked through that clip you played, that montage of CNN, 
one of the biggest reasons why. And so I devote a chapter in my book to CNN. I devote a chapter in my book to the New York Times. People need to hold them accountable, know just how bad they were, especially during the Trump years, when they did their best to, 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 to unelect Donald Trump because they're biased. And it, and it showed in their reporting. All right, quick break. More with Ari Fleischer. If you want a first edition copy, his soon-to-be-released book, Suppression, Deception, Snobbery, and Bias, and Why the Press Gets So Much Wrong uh, But Just Doesn't Care. What a title. Quick break. Right back. All right, Ari Fleischer just announced his new book is going to be released shortly. It's called Suppression, Deception, Snobbery, and Bias, and Why the Press Gets So Much Wrong and Just Doesn't Care. As we continue with Ari Fleischer. You know, it's it's interesting because I ask people a lot, do, do you know what I do for a living? And I never claim to be a journalist, but I do journalism. The difference between me and, say, these people at MSDNC or Fake News CNN and, and even the networks is they claim that they're journalists. They're not journalists. They're exactly. talk show hosts like me. There's, yeah. there's, except I'm being honest about who I am, and I'm not hiding who I am. You know, one of, one of the points I make in the book, and I do this by name, and what I do is I just quote reporters. They hang themselves in my book, and I just quote mm-hmm. what they said on the air on CNN. But John Harwood and Jim Acosta of CNN, they are two of the leading opinion, quote reporters, unquote reporters at CNN, and neither is a reporter. They regularly went on the air and gave their opinion about how lousy Donald Trump was. And the management at CNN loved it. They allowed these people to do it under the guise of daytime straight news reporting. So my book, Dames Names, it reveals, goes back, shows exactly what they did, what they said, and then I criticize them for it. And it, it's replete with examples like that. Here's another one, Sean. And this is why it goes so far beyond politics. Remember when people thought COVID possibly could have originated at a lab in China when it first broke out? Senator Tom Cotton was one of the first people to surmise that was a possibility. What did the media do? It called it a conspiracy theory. It said there's no way. It called it lunacy. Cotton turns out to have been right. That is a possibility. But for a year and a half, the press pounded it. By the way, it's bigger than a possibility. It's in all likelihood, and in all likelihood, American tax dollars through the NIH, going, you know, through Eco Alliance, I think is the name of the, the company, funded some of this research with full knowledge that coronavirus research took place in that Wuhan lab and gain-of-function research took place there. But you see, the press suppressed that. You're not allowed to say that. From when COVID began in January of 2020, when Tom Cotton said that, until Joe Biden took the presidency, and when Biden's people said, well, you know what, there's a possibility it came out of a lab. All of a sudden then, Twitter and Facebook allowed you to post it. All of a sudden then, the Washington Post changed its headlines on Tom Cotton's story to reflect that it could actually have happened. This is the problem, Sean. When Donald Trump was president, the press actively suppressed news that they did not like. As soon as Joe Biden became president and his people said the exact same information to reporters, reporters kind of nodded their head go, oh, yes, I, I see what you mean. Yes, it's possible. This is the problem the press has. And this is why more than half the country doesn't trust them at all and thinks they're doing such a bad job, which is a real problem. We need media. When they put something on the air, we can all, all Americans, I don't care if you're liberal or conservative, can go, all right, that's a fact. I'll tell you what I think about it, but that's good reporting. And the press has lost its way. They don't do that anymore. You know, I think that's one of the reasons why the term fake news 
Donald Trump very effectively tattooed that into every network um, uh, because he was telling the truth. And there is a lot of fake news out there. And there are yep. people with agendas. And they're not being honest about who they are. Um, anyway, I love the title of the book. It's going to be out if people want to get a, a first edition copy. It'll be out shortly. Um, it's, it's suppression, deception, snobbery, and bias, and why the press gets so much wrong and just doesn't care. They don't seem to care. Ari Fleischer, uh, we'll put a link on Hannity.com and, of course, Amazon.com, uh, soon to be in bookstores everywhere, and we'll let you know when the book is released. And congratulations. Uh, I'm ex- I can't wait to get a hold of it. Thank you, Sean. It's great to be with you. We got a lot to talk about. Just wait till the book comes out and you get all the little nuggets and items in the book. There's a lot more. Well, I know you well enough to know that you do your work, your research. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Anyway, eight hundred nine four one Sean is our number. If you want to be a part of the program, when we get back, by the way, we'll check in with Peter Ducey, um, get his reaction. We'll have a lot more to say about it tonight on Hannity on the Fox News Channel uh, about Jen Psaki's comments. Quick break. Right back. All right, 25 till the top of the hour, 800-941-SEAN, if you want to be a part of the program. Now, you might remember Joe Biden, hot mic, gets caught. He's, he got a question from Fox News a White House correspondent, Peter Ducey, and, you know, calls him a son of a bitch. Listen, it's it's on a hot mic. He got caught. Listen. What a stupid son of a bitch. Now, he called Peter Deuce. He didn't really fully apologize, but he called Peter Deuce about it. Uh, now we have the story over the weekend where Jen Psaki in front of a live audience, I guess, during a recording of Pod Save America, which I've never heard of before. And anyway, so they asked the question uh, about whether or not Peter Deuce answers. So we have to talk about Peter Deuce for one second. Sure. Okay. 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 Does he play a stupid son of a bitch on TV? <laughs> okay. Um, well, um, he works for a, a network. Okay. That um, provides people with questions that nothing personal to any individual, including Peter Ducey, but might make anyone sound like a stupid son of a bitch. <laughs> he works that provides people questions that anyone can interpret to be make them out to be a stupid son of a bitch. Fox Chief uh, White House Correspondent uh, Peter Ducey is with us. How are you, sir? I'm fine, Sean. How are you? Never a dull moment. <laughs> Here we go again. You know, I, I look at this very differently. I'm like, they're, all they're doing is guaranteeing you the biggest, best contract you've ever had in your life. And it's funny because I watch very closely. I watch the work you do. Number one, I know for a fact that you follow the news. You're a news junkie like the rest of us. And every question you ask, nobody's giving you questions to ask. You ask your own questions, right? That's right. I've been working on my questions since like 1030 this morning. And, you know, I'm just clicking around. I'm trying to see what I think is interesting. And that's kind of just it. It's it's not as complicated as uh, what was described there. Yeah, and, and it's then this whole idea, oh, it's not personal, and it's so on and so forth. I'm not going to ask you to go into the personality of it. 
when Joe Biden said it the first time and he was responding to you talking about inflation and whether it's going to impact the midterm elections, which happened to be a very good question. Um, he called you, uh, my understanding, I think you told me on, on the TV show. And what did he say when he called? Uh, he said it's nothing personal, pal. Well, I, you know, I, I told him that I was going to keep asking him kind of the questions that others were not going to ask. And to his credit, he said that day, this was the end of January, he said, you've got to. And to his credit, additionally, he has called on us a bunch of times. We made a lot of news, uh, including like a week and a half ago when we got back from that foreign trip. And I got to read back a bunch of quotes that he had uh, made that confused people from overseas. And he, uh, he, you know, his explanation was, oh, well, I didn't say any of that. Uh, but that was a question <laughs> that I was interested in that day. And so I had pulled the quotes. And so that's the way that it works for any concerned parties. Well, I actually think that you, like, for example, if you think back to the Trump years, I mean, the hostility in that room, it was every, it was almost every single reporter. Um, and I don't, I don't sense any hostility in, on your part at all. You, you're asking the right questions, hard questions, tough questions about inconsistency in terms of their policy of the things that they've said or what they're going to do and how they're going to handle things. And I, I actually think you've done a phenomenal job. What is your reaction to what Jen Psaki said? She and I talked about it privately or, you know, offline on Friday. And for as long as she uh, remains at the mic, um, then then it's all good. You know, there's a lot of things that she has said since she's been press secretary, you know, from uh, inflation will be temporary and transitory or that we don't really need to give COVID tests to illegal immigrants because they're not going to be here very long. I mean, these are all questions that you would ask or the claim, which was false, that the $3.5 trillion in spending would cost zero dollars um, when the CBO got done scoring that bill without sunset provisions, it came out to be false on steroids. And and I could keep going. And by the way, I probably will uh, at length tonight lay this out for everybody. She said a lot of things that just aren't true. Um, now, when when you call her out on these things, I mean, and you know that what she's saying is false. What is what's the next step? Just to go play the tape. Because we've got quotes, and we can play, you know, quotes of things that we know happened. And if the White House wants to give an answer that doesn't seem consistent with that, we can play, you know, a quote from somebody and then a quote from the press secretary. And you know, people can make up their own minds. Sometimes it's sometimes it's pretty straightforward. You know, early in my career, and I've been at this with your dad. At, you know, we're we're Fox Originals, and early at in my career, this might have bothered me. Does any of this bother you at all? Because it doesn't bother me at all now. It it does not bother me at all. And I'm in this, uh, you know, an interesting position where it seems like uh, it's always something, but it, it, none of it bothers <laughs> yeah. me. Um, if, look, I, I'll give a longer explanation tonight. Let's just have a message for Jen Saki tonight. A special message for Jen. We'll call it that. Um, look, you've done a phenomenal job. Um, we're very proud of the work that you've done. Um, I'm sorry that they've made this so personal against you. You've been nothing but respectful to the president and to Jen Psaki. You deserve better than this. 
Uh, they're not living up to their standards. You know, I just played the tape of Joe Biden uh, that he, if you treat people this way, uh, you're going to be fired on the spot. No ifs, ands, or buts. Uh, apparently, that doesn't hold for him or Jen Psaki, who might, I guess she's leaving pretty soon anyway. And I just think you deserve better than that because you've been more than respectful in the, in the in, in doing your job, which is to hold an administration accountable. And well, I don't I think, think it would do far me more any respect- good. To, uh, What's yeah, up? I don't think it would be do. I don't think it does me any good to get in a to do it any differently. And so that's just going to keep being my my approach. Well, I think she had the opportunity of probably one of the best shows ever. The only reason I'll even watch the press conference is because you're the only person I want to watch ask a question. Because usually there's nobody else in that room. Occasionally there's one or two people. Lately there seems to have been a couple of more people that are beginning to realize uh, we need to start asking tougher questions. But for the most part, you ask the best questions every day, and the answers and the dance and watching them try to spin their way out of it when you literally are nailing them on, on their quotes and on the evidence and on you know the news of the day I mean, it's like a it's it's a work of art every day, and I really appreciate all you're doing. Well, I appreciate you saying that, and today is going to be the first press briefing since all this stuff over the weekend, and I have some really good questions. Just oh, I bet you do. Give it away now, but could you imagine if I called somebody and the reaction would be um, different? <laughs> <laughs> I think it would be different too. Doesn't mean that I don't think it. I just don't say it. Uh, anyway, Peter Ducey, God bless you, and we'll be watching uh, tonight. And we'll have. You may want to watch the show tonight. That's all I can say. I'll be watching. Eight hundred nine four one Sean. If you want to be a part of the program, Delmar in Alabama. What's going on, Delmar? How are you? Pretty good, sir. How are you doing today? I'm good. It says on my screen you're a disabled vet. Um, first, thank you for your service to your country, and I and I hope you're not. That severely disabled. Well, what are your injuries? Uh, I had a, I got hit head on by a drunk driver on the way to jump into Panama with the eighty second. Oh man! Well, thank you for serving your country. Um, we can't thank you enough. What's on your mind today? Oh, I was just I just wanted to make my point about uh, uh, how these illegal aliens are getting all these free medical benefits and food stamps and all that. Well. Uh, not only veterans' families, but other people's families can't even afford, you know, medical assistance. And, you know, i got to sit there and watch my wife with infected teeth, and I, you know, I try to get cash jobs here and there, you know, a little extra work aside from my my benefits that come in, which is hard because I'm in a lot of pain all the time, but I do what i got to do to, you know, to try to get money to get my wife's teeth fixed and stuff, and well, let me ask you a question. I doubt you got a free phone like illegal immigrants are getting. Is that correct? Yeah, that is correct. Yeah. I don't think you get yeah. free transportation to the state of your choice like illegal immigrants are getting, right? That's correct. A lot of vets have been thrown out of the military because of the vaccine mandate, but they're not even COVID testing and there's no vaccine mandate. There's preferential treatment for illegal immigrants. And now they're talking right. about taking VA, vet, VA doctors out of the hospitals to serve people like you to go down to the border because of the next migrant wave that is happening as we speak. Yeah, the whole that whole system of that that whole system part of that is just it's just absolutely sickening. It's like as a veteran, I feel spin on every time I see 
you know, somebody, even, even uh, you know, the refugees, I'm under the understanding that, you know, when a refugee comes to the United States in a legal manner and they become a refugee, you know, they get the food stamps and the medical assistance. And, and you know, I'm all for uh, refugees coming to this country to seek a better life, but they should be, they should have to, you know, work and make their life better here. Uh, how about they, how about they first follow the process, know? obey all laws, respect our borders and our sovereignty and do it the legal way? Right, correct. You know, if if uh, if you know if they if if a refugee gets you know to the United States in a legal manner, they can they can make as much money as they want and still draw their full benefits. You know, food stamps and all that. I, I don't think that's right. I mean, they should be able to you know make a better life here and work like the rest of us, be a uh, productive uh, part of society. It's simple but, for me. You come in legally. That would inc- that would require a security background check. It would re- require a health check. And it would require that you be able to show that you're going to be able to take care of yourself and not be a burden on the American people financially while you're here. And then I don't care where you come from. Welcome to the country. Right, right. They got to be vetted. You know, they got to be expected to, you know, be a productive part of the society. Nope, we're not doing that. I don't think the other country does that kind of stuff. Nope, just the opposite. Yeah. Delmar, I wish you the best, my friend. I'm so sorry about your situation. Please get well, and I hope your wife can get the care that she deserves as well, too. It's, um, it's heartbreaking to hear that. Um, well, Bill is in Montana. Bill on the Sean Hannity Show. Sean, uh, yeah, last time I talked to you was uh, about my wife coming here in, back in 1976, doing it all legally the, the right way. But that's not what I called you for. The reason I called, I'm getting really tired of these Green New Deal people in the administration saying that fossil fuels are dirty and they're bad and we got to get off of them and all this stuff. I worked for 20 years down in uh, Kern County, California, in cogeneration plants, natural gas-fired turbines that run a generator and produce steam. Uh, the steam goes downhole. Is this the San Joaquin Valley? Uh, yeah, down in uh, down at the bottom end of the San Joaquin Valley. Okay. And the steam goes downhole for enhanced oil recovery. But we, we work, you know, California's got strict uh, uh, emissions control, and we worked hard to get that uh, exhaust gas coming out of that sack to be clean. We did mm-hmm. uh, uh, these really fancy uh, precious metal catalysts that have palladium and rhodium in them, same things that you have in your automobile catalyst. We injected anhydrous ammonia, and by the time that exhaust came out that stack, it was clean. In fact, it was so clean we had a plant down in Corona, it's down in the L.A. Basin area, that got an award from the Air Pollution Control District for actually cleaning the air down there. So fossil fuels are not dirty, and we need them, and they're not ready for the Green New Deal yet. And by the way, next time I see Air Force One totally electric, I'll go out and buy an electric car. Otherwise, I'm going <laughs> to stick with my GMC Denali pickup. I like Denali. That's a good truck, man. That's awesome. That's a good SUV. Anyway, I appreciate it. Thanks, Bill, and thanks for what you do. And he's right. Nobody does it better than we do. Nobody's reduced carbon emissions like we have. And that's in the process of becoming energy independent, yeah, during the Trump years. Anyway, 800-941-SHAWNOS on number. You want to be a part of the program. All right, that's going to wrap things up for today. We're loaded up tonight. News you'll never get from the media mob. Ari Fleischer, Joe Concha. Clay Travis, Leo 2.0, Terrell, Governor Abbott now sending four buses to our nation's capital with illegal immigrants in it. And Senator Steve Daines back from Ukraine. 
having eyewitnessed uh, a lot of the horror uh, on the ground there, Adam Carolla, and much more. All coming up, 9 Eastern, set your DVR, Hannity, Fox News. We'll see you tonight, back here tomorrow. Thank you for being with us. You make this show possible. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.